I originally wasn't going to record anything this week or post any episodes, but... Wounds need air. Hey fam, welcome to a new episode of Stay Watching. This one is going to be a little bit different than uh, what I normally do. Um, I will still talk about some movies and some TV and and maybe actually some some music that I that I was just listening to. But just with everything going on right now, I kind of wanted to just talk a little bit about where I'm at, how I'm kind of looking at where things are and how they're affecting me and and just kind of where where my head's at. So uh, hang in there. I will be right back. So at the time that I'm recording this, um, there are a number of protests going on around the world due to yet another easily preventable murder of a black person at the hands of police. And, and frankly, it's actually the culmination of, of multiple of these murders that have kind of happened in a in a small period of time. Some were non-police involved, but you know, all of these incidents and and some kind of non-fatal incidents as well really showcase the injustices that black people are still facing in this country and it's it's really kind of led to a, a breaking point for many. So it, it's not bad enough that in 2020 we are dealing with a global pandemic. We still have to worry about potentially being murdered by police or being hunted down by white mobs. And then you protest, you you speak up about it. Sure, some protests, whether because of outside agents or whatever, might turn violent. And then the conversation gets away from what it was originally about. Or, or what I should say is people try to take the conversation away from what it was originally about. What we're talking about is systematic oppression, state violence against black bodies, and people then want to kind of turn it on while people are rioting or people are looting. And and so taking that conversation and making it not about the loss of life, not about the abuse of power, uh, but essentially behavior that is seen as unseemly. And it's it's frustrating because you know really what it makes me think about a lot of the times when when i when these things occur and you know frankly they occur constantly and i've talked a lot in in personal conversations that i've been having lately about the idea of and i think i might have actually talked about this on a on a past episode of the podcast but being a very young child and you know, needing the help of my parents to parse 
what was going on with the LA uprising uh, or LA riots, whatever whatever terminology you're more familiar with, um, and kind of how that was something that that at least when when I was younger had kind of started these blips kind of all over the country and you know seeing you know and and seeing these abuses of power by authorities against black folk uh pop up you know obviously there there's something that happened on probably a near daily basis if not hourly you know i i'd really be interested in, in seeing real data come out eventually obviously we know not everything is probably reported the way that it should be um but it's 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 really challenging when you kind of grow up in that world and you see this stuff happen over and over and over again you know to the point of when I was going to get my master's degree, you know, I'm, I'm studying and, you know, that's right around the time of, you know, Trayvon Martin's murder and then Mike Brown and the birth of Black Lives Matter and, you know, kind of being back in school at that time and, you know, really reflecting on these are the things that my grandparents were fighting to stop, you know, back when the civil rights movement kind of, or, you know, it, it's it's weird saying when the civil rights movement happened because the civil rights movement never ended. And we kind of keep telling ourselves that lie that it was over, we got what we needed and, and we really didn't. You know, while certain rights, certain freedoms became more available to us, it didn't mean that systematic oppression just went away. And I, I think that's that's what's so kind of damning and, and, and confusing and, and mind boggling about the fact that we are still going through this in, in 2020 right now, because, you know, it, it should be easy. A police officer murdered a person who was unarmed. He did it in a way that he should not be doing it. It, it should be open and shut. It should have been right there, right on the spot. You know, as soon as this information came out, this officer and the other three that were with him should have been arrested and charged. But that's not what happens that's that's never what happens and so what that causes is this same pain that people have been feeling that's been bottled up that they feel like they never get justice for these injustices it comes out it, it erupts forth and people just aren't ready for it and they're confused and you know right now I'll, I'll be honest like right now it seems like more people are listening but you know you can never be sure of that i mean just because just because you see movement all around the world doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get the change that we need um you know, and there are a lot of people that just kind of boil it down to, you know, vote, 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 vote and make sure that these changes happen. And and I'm, I'm I will never tell someone not to vote. I think it's very important. I think it can go a very long way into seeing that these changes are made. But there there is that challenge for so many people who, 
you know, again, like I, I, I'll use that idea of it. It feels like it never ends. And for some folks who have been down this road several times, you know, it, it feels like you can be told you can only be told to vote so many times before it seems like it's actually impossible that that will change anything. And, you know, I'll be I'll be real. Like, I don't feel like voting won't change anything. Again, I think everybody needs to go out there and vote. I think it's important that we make our voices heard, not only in the streets, not only online, not only, you know, on, on podcasts or wherever, but also to make it heard in the ballot booth to try to get more folks that actually want to see injustices righted into office, making policy, approving policy, so that we hopefully can at some point, I would really love at some point in my lifetime for this to not be a recurring thing where every few years we find ourselves in another massive protest trying to basically prove that we are worth it, <laughs> that that we should be allowed to exist. Because I, I mean, I think that's the, the kind of mind boggling part. Like the fact that we have to have a Black Lives Matter movement to convince people that we deserve to live. Like it doesn't, that doesn't make sense. And, and that, for me, that doesn't sit well and it really shouldn't sit well with all of you. And I think that's 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 really what I wanted to use this time to, to do. So just kind of talking about kind of where I'm at right now, because, you know, obviously there's a, a million different places that you can go to read about resources and and to learn about what's going on. And I'm sharing a ton of that stuff on my social media. I, I always plug it at the end of the episode, but at Larry Tron pretty much everywhere on social media. If you follow me there, you have probably seen some of the stuff that I'm putting out that's pointing you to resources or news or um, just pointing out other black creators or voices to hear and to learn from, uh, because I think that's a really important part in all of this. So obviously there's the importance of kind of making the right changes within our systems as a country. Um, but also the idea of elevating black voices and taking black people more seriously on kind of a global scale. Um, you know, thinking about black writers or black artists or black designers, musicians, whatever, and, and really kind of centering them, finding ways to elevate, elevate black voices as much as possible um, is something that I, I don't think we do on a regular enough basis. You know, it has to be a time when everything is going off the rails that we we finally start supporting black folk again. And, you know, I think that's that's something that needs to change. And, and obviously, like, that's not necessarily directed at a lot of, you know, my my black listeners, because I, I think Many of you, um, at least the ones that I know and, and maybe some of the ones that I don't know, hopefully, are often supporting your community and, and your people. But not everybody supports in that way. And, you know, I, I think while I'm while I'm glad to see that pick up, I hope it doesn't end when 
these protests end. I, I hope it, it doesn't end when we're not thinking about Breonna Taylor or George Floyd or, you know, Tony McDade or, or whoever we're, we're marching for at the moment. You know, I, I want to get to the point when I am looking at the you know, inspiration that people that I follow on Instagram are sharing that there are black people represented in that on a daily basis, that it's not just, you know, again, it's not just when something terrible is happening and, and we have to kind of rise up and, and force people to listen. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's challenging because I, I found, you know, one of the things that, that I would say is, you know, not that I that I found my voice, but I hit a very distinct kind of breaking point during this whole thing where um, I had been struggling to make art for a while. And, and this is something that I know I've talked about on the old version of the podcast. And for folks that know me in person, they, they kind of know this. And, you know, while technically I've been doing a lot of photography over the last few years, um, I trained in art making and printmaking and, and drawing and painting. And those are the things that I have been disconnected from. And, it, and it's been challenging to find subject to work on. And I think a part of that was in a sense, closing off a bit of myself over the last few years. And, you know, really these incidents, these recent incidents and, and kind of the national fervor that ensued, you know, again, it pushed me to a certain point where, you know, I was ready to make art again. And, and not only was I ready to make art, but I was able to do some writing to accompany that art and to start to, you know, kind of open up. And, you know, as the as the quote and the title of this episode, you know, wounds need air. And, you know, I, I feel like living in America, you know, while there are a lot of privileges associated with that. And, you know, for the most part, my actual life has been great. You know, I, I have had opportunity. I have, you know, I, I, I haven't had want for most things that, that other folks may need. Um, but at the same time, that, that constant torment of, you know, of racism, of systematic oppression, of fear of the police, of all of these different things had kind of constantly been, you know, injury that, that I've kind of sustained over time. I mean, obviously we talk a lot about the idea of collective trauma and, and kind of what we're all experiencing. And, you know, in a sense, you know, that first time that you get pulled over for, for being black, there is a bit of that PTSD that follows afterwards, you know, every time you see a police vehicle, you know, every time you're followed in a store or looked at the wrong way, like all of those things, all of those moments carry with you. Um, and, you know, I, I, 
I can't speak for everybody, but I know for myself, I often remember all of those times that those happened and, and, you know, just kind of the hurt that you feel from them. And it's not something that I talk a lot about. It's not something that I share, um, mostly because, you know, oftentimes will the folks that you're talking to even understand that experience? Will they understand what you've been going through or, or the kind of trauma that you are trying to recover from on a daily basis and the things that kind of cause that pain to flare up again you know the the kind of constant reminders those things that are are kind of unconscious it's a challenge because it's like you never you never know when that when that pain is going to kind of come back up or swell back up and i think there's a value and then this is this is just thinking about you know thinking about therapy thinking about letting these issues out, thinking about actually talking about them, exposing them to air so that they can heal. Um, I really found myself turning to art. The thing that I couldn't get myself back into doing was the thing that, in a sense, let me find my voice um, and find what I wanted to say about the topic. And I found myself doing three very distinct pieces. You know, one really focused on the fear that I feel, the idea that, you know, it, it, it could always be me. You know, there is... A, a joke and it's it's only partially a joke and and this is a, you know for those that know me know my humor can be a little bit darker but you know whenever i would look at police reports and or or you know whenever you would hear like oh they're looking for a criminal that matches this description for for the longest time growing up uh, and then in college i would always say this could be me you know that 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 suspect matches you know me perfectly you know six foot black you know medium to heavy set build wearing a hoodie like always me every time i saw one of those reports i would read the description look in the mirror it's me Fast forward to getting an understanding of, of police violence and, you know, watching these black men, you know, and obviously they're black trans folk, black, black trans men and women who are also killed by police and, and black women who are killed by police. I don't want to undermine anybody else's experience um, with this or fear of this, because I, I think in a lot of ways, many of us share that fear, that insecurity. Um, but every time one of these incidents would happen, I found myself in that same place where it could be me. And it's it's challenging because that's the conversation that, you know, it, it's an unspoken conversation that I have with my family. But basically every time I, I talk to my mother, she will tell me to be safe. Doesn't matter what I'm doing, she will tell me to be safe. Not because she fears me being, you know, injured driving someplace, like obviously like other accidents can occur and things like that. But, you know, there is that fear that an incident being in a place that you don't normally go, having an interaction with a police officer that goes slightly awry 
could be, you know, that very thin line between, hey, all right, you're good to go and you essentially being killed. And, you know, so I, I really just wanted to kind of start out with making that piece because that was like the first bit of commentary that that really popped into my head. It was, you know, this is something that I feel every day, see every day when I look in the mirror, when I listen to the news, when I when I hear about these these other men who are killed, um, I see myself in a lot of them. And, you know, from there, what I found myself wanting to do is speak to, you know, kind of how much it feels like I, I've been screaming and, and shouting about this whole thing and and just the fact that for my entire life it feels like I've been you know engaged in trying to prove that we are worth it that we should be allowed to live um, and and I think that was something that also, I, I, I really needed to kind of convey in the art that I was making and in, in the pieces that I was making. And and so, you know, it, it, it felt really visceral to me and it, it felt really challenging because, again, like like I've said, like this is cyclical. It feels like it, it's happening all of the time and that, that we always have to have these conversations and we always have to prove that we're systematically oppressed, even though like it, it should be painfully obvious, especially looking, you know, again, coming, coming through a pandemic because the pandemic at the, at the time that I'm recording this, the pandemic still has not ended. Um, you know, but looking at how inequities in the healthcare system have allowed more black people to die um, and and just feeling like this is the stuff that we keep trying to get out there. We keep trying to say, hey, the system is broken. We've been shouting this for so long. And so, you know, it, it just it it feels like you can't scream or shout anymore sometimes just because you've you've expelled everything from your being and you know so that was that was something that I wanted to get across but then finally you know because I I, re I really looked at this as a three-piece set and and I really wanted to start there and and if you're wondering you know if you go to my Instagram specifically just because that's the only place where I don't uh post super super frequently on, on Twitter and and Facebook um, these posts would definitely have been pushed down a little bit at this point uh, just because there's a lot of news that's been coming out and, and a lot of things that I've been sharing um, but the third piece I, I really wanted it to be you know somewhat uplifting but also reaffirming for myself because one of the things that I have never questioned or never, looked down upon myself about has been my my blackness um you know it's something that was impressed upon me at an early age by my parents and by my family you know that our our culture our our you know our our experiences uh our history are important and they they have such rich stories to tell and you know 
being black in in many ways is this this gift that folks can't understand you know despite how much they may you know look down upon who we are or think we are lesser than or you know they will you know or, or however they may abuse us um you know we are resilient brilliant beautiful intelligent people who really drive this world we we re, we we make things happen we, you know we when you look at culture you know we are the drivers of a lot of what you know if you look at the us a lot of what the us is known for um but a lot of you know things that are kind of popular all over the world in in many ways you know it's many of them are because of of black people um and that was something that i that i really wanted to express in that final piece that that idea that you know say it loud i'm black and i'm proud you know that that is something that will never be taken from me no matter no matter how voiceless i i feel at times and no matter how much i feel like you know I, I how much i how much fear i might have of kind of the, the world that that i'm living in um and so so those that's kind of the story behind those pieces that i worked on but one of the other things besides just what was going on in the world that inspired me to create them um was actually a, a piece of television that i had revisited that you know was really beautifully done and made me, you know, really, ins it, it really inspired me to, to jump back in and to put my artistic take in. The show was uh, Random Acts of Flyness. And uh, for anybody who has HBO Max or an HBO Now or HBO, there's so many HBOs now, um, subscription, you can you can watch the show. But it was created by Terrence Nance, and it's a collection of different kind of black artists and writers and directors kind of collaborating on this this audiovisual experience that's the, probably the best way that i can describe it that looks at various kind of black experiences and and puts them to film or animation in some cases um and really just just looks at kind of a variety of experiences and and thoughts and you know, the mentality of some folks and, you know, explores issues of of trauma, um, both from, you know, kind of within family systems to external forces like police violence to, um, you know, other other forms of of, you know, relationships and and what goes into them and it just touches on so many topics and, and watching this program it was just it was so inspiring and and beautiful and some things were were dark and and really kind of took things in this really really interesting direction that kind of got my brain going in overdrive and i remember just like i could not sleep that night because I just had so many ideas and, and that's really where, where my kind of three, um, 
my my triptych was kind of born from and so what i what i ended up doing is just like after watching this program which which i would definitely tell you to watch understand that um it is the narrative is different it's presented in a different way you know it's like one of those things like if i had to really talk about like the difference between art and entertainment this is much more art there are aspects to it that you know you will feel like are incongruous or uh in conflicts with one another the form may not be easy for you to follow um but I think there's a lot of value in that. There are a lot of ideas being shared that I think people need to open themselves up to. Um, but it, it just, like I said, it got me going in overdrive and it, and it really, it really kind of inspired me to, to get some of the work that I had been thinking about done to, to actually produce it and put it out there um, and to share it with the world, like, which was, you know, it, it, it's challenging because even though I went to art school and I did art shows and I put my art on display and, and for folks that have known me for a long time, like they've been exposed to uh, my art for such a long time. It, 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 this is different, though, because I think there is something so internal about this topic and and what I was responding to, even though it is really you know, in line with the external that a lot of people are, are facing right now. Um, it, it's, it's allowing yourself to be vulnerable. It's allowing people inside your head to see where you're at and who you are and, you know, what, what scares you and, you know, what things, you know, damage you and, and, and what things you're dealing with. And I think that was, that was kind of the scariest part about putting them out there. And, and, and obviously they were, they've, they've been well received. Otherwise I probably wouldn't be talking about them at all, or maybe I would like, I mean, I, I think it's important to uh, also bask in your failure, but as, as somebody who, you know, typically when it, when it comes to, to these things, like I, I haven't been, you know, the last, the last time we were protesting, I was, I was putting out mostly writing, um, you know, and I, I felt like I had lost kind of my artistic voice and, you know, to kind of feel it come back and for this to really be honestly, like this is the first real art that I've produced probably since, um, you know, I did a painting for somebody, you know, maybe five years back at this point. Uh, so it's been half a decade since I've really produced art, you know, and I'm not just talking about like doodling on the side of, of a notepad or something like that, but actually like taking time and, you know, making a piece of art. So yeah, it was, it was a little bit scary putting it out there, but you know, I, you know, again, being inspired by random acts of flyness to kind of put that back out there. Um, but, you know, I, I, what I what I wanted to do with this episode outside of just kind of talking about where I am and kind of what got me going again, I, I really also wanted to uh, talk about some of the other TV that I think people should watch uh, somewhat if they want to get an understanding of kind of where people are at, uh, especially, you know, from from a trauma perspective, but also just like, you know, stories that are that are well told that explore race and racism and 
and trying to, I, I don't want to necessarily say solve these issues because I think that is r reductive in a lot of ways, but to shine a light on the issues in a way that makes it a lot easier to understand where people are coming from, which again, I don't feel that it should be difficult for people to understand. Um, but there are certain things that I think paint, um, paint what's going on in a really good light and, and should be revisited if you've watched them before or watched for the first time if you haven't. And the very first one that comes to mind, uh, partially because I just watched a video about it again at the time of recording this, um, but Watchmen, the HBO series, um, mostly because, um, again, at the time that I'm recording this, the 99th anniversary of the Black Wall Street massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where basically a a black town uh, or, or a black section of a town which was doing great um, and thriving was attacked and destroyed by white folks. Um, and so in Watchmen uh, on HBO, they use this moment, this real historical moment as the jumping off point for their fictional story. Uh, and I think this show does a really good job of really showcasing generational trauma and the issues that so many black people, but also people of other backgrounds and other experiences may have um, of kind of that pain that is is passed down generationally. Uh, and I think it's I think it's a very well done show. I think it's a, a show that does a great job of having that conversation as well as others. Um, there is a lot about determinants and, you know, you know, time and, you know, the cyclical or non-cyclical nature of time, which I think is 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 really interesting. Um, the idea that nothing ever ends is is really important to the concept of Watchmen um, and was actually an alternative title that I had for this episode. But I, I felt like another quote from Watchmen, wounds need air, um, made a lot of sense to to tag onto this episode. And that's that's really one of the one of the things about this show that I think is important. And, you know, again, if you haven't seen it, this is could be seen as a bit of a spoiler, but if you haven't watched the show, you kind of have no sense of what I mean by this yet. But it, it's it's really a show about not being afraid to open up about your trauma and to show others your pain, to put it out there in the world so that you can actually find healing. Because if you keep it closed off, if you never expose it, it will just fester and it'll, you know, you'll get boils and pus and it'll just not be healed in the way that you're hoping for it to be. Um, so Watchmen is definitely one thing that I would take a look at. Um, Blind Spotting, I, I've talked about it in the past, one of my favorite films from the year that it came out. Um, I. It's a little, it's not entirely disconnected from what's going on right now. There's, there's a lot of, you know, different things going on here, but, you know, obviously in a time of protest, there is 
a, a need for allies. And, you know, in, in some cases, we may be looking to see what our white friends do. And Blind Spotting, because it is a story of kind of these shared experiences between a white friend and a, and a black friend and the different ways in which they are kind of allowed to navigate their society uh, and their experiences, I, I, I think it's a film that makes a lot of sense to watch right now. I think If Beale Street Could Talk is another film that beautifully kind of illustrates in a sense, race relations, I guess that's a, that's a, an easy way to boil it down. Um, but it's, it's really about the persistence of black love, despite circumstances looking to, to kind of tear it apart. And I think, I think it's, I think it's a beautiful film. I think if you have access to the to the book, obviously, um, reading that James Baldwin's words, um, you know, I think both the book and the film um, do enough that you can kind of experience both of them and, you know, really, really kind of enjoy them on kind of, I guess what I would say, the the more fun side of things. Um, I, I found myself watching uh, um, Insecure this season, again, on HBO. A lot of HBO on this one. Um, but but sometimes uh, being able to watch black stories that don't necessarily revolve around, you know, bodily harm or incarceration um, are, are, are really valuable and, and really enjoyable to watch. And, you know, we all need to laugh sometimes. Uh, speaking of which, another HBO show, if you haven't watched it yet, a black lady sketch show um, is hilarious. Uh, I, I watched it the other week and it, and it really brought me a lot of joy. Um, so I would definitely say to check that one out as well. If you're looking for a cartoon that will warm your heart a little bit, um, which focuses on a black character, uh, I just finished watching the first season of Craig of the Creek. Um, I had seen all of these great gifts and short clips from the show all over the internet for the last two years. Uh, but, you know, just because I don't have cable and I've been bad about, you know, catching things on the Cartoon Network website before they were moved. Hadn't really had a chance to watch, but HBO Max came out and they had the whole first season, so I watched it. It's just a really lovely show um, exploring, you know, kind of the adventures of this suburban uh, black kid and his friends as they kind of navigate the world that that is around this creek where they live and I, I don't know it was just inventive and beautiful and the moments that craig shares with his family i i think there's in a lot of ways there's a lot of universal kind of moments within that but then there are also some moments that just when you when you watch them and you are a black person you feel seen you feel validated I, I mean there's there's a moment where Craig's grandmother says you know you smell like outside and it, that's that's a phrase that's used in my family that's something that people say when it's kind of like you know it, it, it's both a good and a bad thing I'll, I'll put it that way um 
But to hear that line spoken on this TV show from black characters, um, you know, it really there were moments where it it really made me kind of tear up just thinking about how much I would have loved for that show specifically to exist when I was a kid. Like, you know, I think that's that's the one thing. And I've talked about it. I've talked about it on past episodes where, you know, just being able to see more risks being taken with with, you know, uh, what we'll call, quote, black entertainment, unquote, um, you know, or, or black series or, or shows that that focus on black characters, just the the breadth that we have now and the opportunity to kind of see ourselves in more ways like you know the fact that Craig of the Creek is about a black kid growing up in the suburbs and not the city is just like it's revolutionary in a lot of ways and I think it's an experience that doesn't necessarily always get shown uh, when we talk about kind of black media uh, or black entertainment and so I think that's something that that is really special about it outside of it just being a brilliantly written beautifully animated program outside of some of the some of the movies that I've been you know watching some of the TV that I've been watching to kind of get my mind off things or to refocus in some ways uh, an album that just dropped for free from Killer Mike and LP is uh, Run the Jewels 4 um, what I would basically Run the Jewels makes kind of the perfect music for um, protests I guess that's the easiest way for me to say it like it is that music that you need when you kind of feel like things aren't right and you want somebody to say it for you and you want them to say it with some machismo and some really really wild mechanical electronic rough but also refined beats and I listened to their newest album. It's only 40 minutes, but I I listened to it twice in a row. And, you know, just some of the lyricism, some of the, you know, production, um, just phenomenal. And, you know, if you need something to kind of turn up to, I I think it's a good album to rock to. So I'm going to leave this part here for now uh, and I'll be right back. So I I just laid my soul bare. I don't have much left to say right here in this last part, but I would really love to hear from you all. How are you holding up during all of this? Obviously, like I know it is difficult. I know there's a lot going through your minds and there's a lot of a lot of just challenging shit, for lack of a better way of putting it. So um, hit me up at Larry Tron pretty much everywhere on social media or Larry at LM2photo.com. If you if you just want to kind of let me know how you're doing or, you know, hey, let's let's make it a little fun as well. Uh, if you want to talk about some of the things that are kind of helping you stay sane or kind of you know, get yourself through the current moment. You know, what are some of those things that that you look to for either for validation or to like kind of help, you know, yourself calm down. 
Have you been producing art or anything like that? Do you have anything like that that you want to share or get out there in the world? Hit me up, like I said, at Larry Tron, pretty much everywhere on social media or Larry at LM2photo.com uh, via email. And, you know, hopefully the next episode that I record for you all, I can get back to talking about some of the more fun stuff that I had been watching over the course of the pandemic. But, um, uh, We'll see. We're going to we're going to take this day by day. All right, fam. Stay watching. Peace.